Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us today on this web webinar with Experian. It's always great to hear from Experian, and today you'll learn about all about them, who they are as a company, and the fantastic opportunities they have available to you, our GradCracker audience. They have worked with GradCracker for a number of years, and today we're going to be hearing from graduates about their experiences with the company so far, as well as hearing from Amy and the HR team all about the recruitment processes, who they are as a company, and some of their key initiatives. Right now, on the experience group on GradCracker, they are open to the following roles. So we've got the Software Degree Apprenticeship, which is closing on the 11th of February. We've got three graduate positions. So Graduate Technical Consultant, closing on the 11th of Feb. The Graduate Software Engineer, which is closing on Wednesday. So make sure you get your applications in. And also the HR Graduate, closing on the 3rd of March, which is open to business and analytics students. So don't forget, all these roles are starting in September of this year, and all accept in Q2 or above. Placements will open again in the autumn. So after this webinar, go to the Experian Hub and make sure you follow them as an employer. Firstly, Amy, I'm going to come to you. Um, could you introduce yourself to the audience, uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, hi everybody. My name's Amy Hart um, and I'm a talent acquisition partner here at Experian. Um, so basically I recruit graduates, apprentices and placement students into the organisation. Um, before that, I was working at Nottingham Trent University. I don't know if anybody watching is at Nottingham Trent University. It will be. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was doing more um, interview coaching with students ready for their graduate applications. Um, so yeah, I've been working in the early career space for quite some time. Perfect, Shad, perhaps Nottingham Trent. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Um, and could you tell everybody about Experian? You know, you're such an amazing business and you know, people think of you as a credit scoring company, but you are much more than that. Yeah, definitely. So we are quite a complex business um, to explain, but yeah, I think we're quite commonly known as the company you go to to get your credit score checked, like you said. Um, but we do a lot more than that. So we are one of the largest providers of data in the world and we have a mission to achieve financial health for all. So basically using data to help individuals to improve their financial health, supporting businesses to improve their financial health and wider society as well. So an example of one of the products that we have is Experience Support Hub which aims to help disabled people get easier access to essential services like utilities and banking. It's basically a one-stop portal where an individual can tell Experian all of their accessibility needs and then we pass that on to multiple organisations for them so they get that easier access. Yeah. Um, so that's just an example of a product of how we use data to basically support individuals to increase their financial health. Fantastic. And the opportunities that you've got open, Amy, I've just gone through them all, um, which are currently on your hub on GradCracker at the moment. Tell, yeah. tell students who are watching what they can expect. Yeah, so we're advertising sort of graduate programmes. So they're all permanent opportunities, first of all. But for the first two years, you're enrolled onto our development programme. So that's basically a series of training workshops where you build your interpersonal skills. So you get technical training on the job. But the development programme is all about your own professional development as well. Um, so that happens during the first two years. Um, some of the roles are rotational. So you've moved to different areas, different teams, 
Others don't include rotations, but you get sort of a breadth of experience in the role. Um, so yeah, they, it does differ program to program, but you can see exactly what each role includes in the adverts. Yeah, perfect. And thinking about your placements then, so they're going to be opening again in the autumn. Yeah. I know I know, we're only in January, but thinking ahead, do you have year-long and summer placements? And tell us a little bit more about those opportunities. Yeah, good point. So we have um, year and industry placements. So they're 13 month yeah. placements and we have them across lots of different areas. So we do them in software and IT. That's sort of one pot that we recruit into. We have um, analytics placements as well, so data analysts. And then we have commercial placements as well. So things like marketing, for example, we have business operations. So those more commercial type roles, um, they are open to all backgrounds as well. So I know some people on the call will be really clear what they want to do. Others might be open to lots of different opportunities. So yeah, we do recruit from all degree backgrounds. Perfect. Um, and locations, I know that we're based in different locations today. I think Lydia and, and Amy, you're, you're in Nottingham and Lee and Senham, you're in London. So can you choose which location you want to be based in? So we have roles across Nottingham and London. Um, so Nottingham is our head office. So a lot of roles are based there, but then we do have an office in London as yeah. well. Um, so it will always stay on the job ad where exactly the role is based, but they're generally across those two locations. Perfect. And one last question then. So thinking with you know both hats on so you did work at university and now you're working at Experian why would you suggest um, Experian is such a good company to work for for, for graduates who are, are thinking about applying either for a placement degree apprenticeship or um, a graduate position? Yeah I think definitely in the early career space we've got that really sort of defined development program so we have whether it's rotations like I said in place or whether it's a breadth of experience across your role you really do get a good exposure whether that's on a placement or on a graduate scheme and you've got all those targeted and tailored workshops throughout the program as well so it's not just about the day-to-day -day technical work that you're working on you really do get a chance to build your professional and interpersonal skills as well um so really by the end of the programs you have sort of built up both areas of skill sets really um so yeah I think it just just could be that really structured program to follow um and you as well there's sort of mandatory um workshops that take place and then there's optional ones as well so you can decide what areas you need to upskill in which I think because not everybody has the same the same skills requirements people have gaps in different areas perfect and the future ex uh, experience what what have you got in plans in place that students can be part of um, in the next couple of years yeah so it really is continuing to sort of develop those products and services so like that example I gave at the beginning that's a really new service that's sort yeah. of been piloted this year so it's bringing in lots more exciting sort of services like that for our clients that graduate placement students all get to have sort of a, a real part of as well so you really do get to have an impact from from a really early stage and I think when you hear from the grads and sort of what they've been working on um you're working on real life scenarios straight away yeah find out more about the projects and um, so Jess I'm going to hand over to you thank you Amy we'll come back to Amy at the end um, and hear all about the recruitment process and hints and tips but for now Jess over to you and speak to the grads who all found their roles on Gradcracker Brilliant. Thanks, Carla. And thank you, Amy, for that perfect introduction. So, Lee, I'm going to come to you first, if that's OK. Could you tell us a bit about, um, you know, kind of life before experience? So what you studied, uh, where you studied and why did you decide to apply to their graduate position? 
Um, yeah, of course. Um, so I graduated Aston University, 2020. Um, my degree was in computer science. Um, before Experian, I worked as sort of a technical support for a college in Oxford. Okay. And yeah, and it sort of lends itself. Um, I wanted a bit of a change, moved to sort of a big city, and experience seems like a good place to work from what I've seen online. Fantastic. And I'm 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 sure that it's, you know, kind of proving you proving you're right now in the experiences you've had so far. Yeah. Definitely good stuff. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Uh, Lydia, I'm going to come to you next. Similar kind of questions. So where did you study? What did you study? And uh, when did you also join Experian? Hi, everyone. I'm Lydia. So I studied chemical engineering at the University of Surrey. Um, I joined Experian in September 2022 through the software engineering program. Um, But prior to getting that role, I um, experience sponsored me to do a co-first girls uh, degree so the co-first girls scheme is basically just kind of trying to bridge that um, gender gap in like technology technological roles and industries um, so yeah experience paid for me to do that so I could get a bit more um, sort of experience in software engineering and um, yeah that's that's basically it perfect Brilliant intro. Thank you, Lydia. And Sena, I'm going to come to you. Similar question. Um, what, where and why? Um, so my I graduated in 2019 with a degree in philosophy and politics, um, took a year out and then decided to do a master in computer science. And then, you yeah. know, while I was looking through graduate roles on Gradcracker, um, I came across Experian um, and yeah, I applied and it seemed like a really good place to work for. So I went for it. Fantastic. And um, how long have you been on the programme for? I've been on the program two and a half years now. So I joined in 2021, I think. Fantastic. Brilliant. I'm looking forward to hearing more a bit about your role and what you've been up to. So, Lee, I'm going to come back to you. And yeah, can you tell us a bit more what life has been like for you at Experian and tell us a bit more about your current role? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm currently working as a graduate technical consultant in the London office for the data quality business unit in Experian. Um, it, it sounds kind of vague, but it's part of the job. It's a lot of problem solving and collaboration between the clients, other teams in Experian. But the main focus in a, my role is to use our in-house data management tool, which is Aperture, to and promote it to help solve clients' data problems and sort of generate business value for them. Fantastic. Okay. So to go back a step for me, Lee. So um, obviously you've relocated from Aston to London, that's right. And uh, tell us a bit about, you know, kind of the early stages of the programme and how you found that and kind of settling into life experience. You know, of course, um, experience really helped us ease us in. Um, we started with sort of like a training week, sort of guiding us step by step, helping us get set up and providing us a lot of training along the way. And that's just a sub part of it um, because when you go into your business unit, you also get a lot more support um, training from either your buddies, mentors or your manager itself as well. Yeah. So that transition then from kind of 
university life, you know, being trained and having that support to the role that you're in now. Um, how have you found that? And, you know, tell us a bit more about kind of the day to day and what your team is like that you work with. And yeah, what, what what's a typical day like for you? No, absolutely. Um, it, the team and experience really helps you ease yourself in. You get to immerse yourself and learn what it's like and shadow a lot of people. Okay. And my day to day is typical some morning meetings with clients emails yep. back and forth communication um sort of help plan your coming week and once you've gathered all that data and information it really sort of sets you up to take on the problems that the clients have yeah definitely so i can imagine as well Lee, that you'll have clients that are from lots of different kind of industries they've got lots of different requirements how do you find that and you know how has um experience kind of helped and support you with working with external clients and looking after their needs yeah absolutely um we work with a whole range of clients um it varies from either tech companies to charities mm-hmm. um we do a lot of data cleanses which help charities manage their donors list uh, or campaigns for more bigger commercial companies um, and all client problems are very unique in how yeah. they store it what sort of business uh, models they have and what they need to be generated what needs to be generated yeah yeah I can imagine and um, kind of the we're going to talk a bit more about your projects a little bit later on but um, in terms of and the day-to-day stuff then is your team quite big it's quite a few of you in the London office what's what's it like for you there um yeah there's quite a few of us on our team um at first you get to do a lot of shadowing on your colleagues um but over time once you build up enough confidence you're able to sort of pick up your own projects and take your own lead Uh, so after being a year in I, I I would say I'm fairly comfortable in sort of picking up kickoff calls with clients taken on my own calls and able to close off a project by myself pretty confidently oh that's good and it sounds so amy as well from what you've said um you know you really can start to kind of carve your own career quite early on then you know if you feel as though you're lacking in a bit of experience there's that help there to kind of upskill yourself but also kind of take a direction that you know you really want to go in personally and lee would you kind of say that that's been the case for you no, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of the training that early career setup really does help you with planning or communications yeah. with clients and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Lee. We're going to come back to you a little bit later on to find out a bit about your rotations and your projects that you've been involved in so far. But Lydia, I'm going to come to you next. So similar kind of question, if that's okay. So if you could just tell us a bit more about your current role. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a software engineer in the identity and fraud department and sort of my role is focusing on maintaining, fixing and improving the um, identity verification backend services, which a lot of um, our clients use like banks and stuff to make sure that, you know, they're, they want to give their money to, you know, non-fraudulent people and like our services help them make that decision yeah definitely wow so you got a lot of responsibility then by the sounds of it making sure yeah um you know exactly exactly that that you know customers money is going in the right place so in terms of um kind of going back a step you know why was you initially attracted to Experian obviously coming from the degree discipline that you've studied and obviously getting that support from Experian um in terms of coding and things like that um you know what was your initial attraction just thinking if any students listening today that are maybe not from a computing or to science background 
Yeah, I think um, what really appealed to me about Experian was just like the development program that they had in place. It was like, you know, you're not going to be chucked in at the deep end and there's going to be like opportunities for you to like really find your feet and find out what it is you want to do. And also like working for a global company, but one that like really values their employees as well. Mm -hmm. Like you could, I could just tell that like they would and I definitely am valued and it's nice to kind of have that yeah that's a, a really good point to make and again especially for a, such a large company like experience yeah. sometimes you know there's there are those misconceptions you know sometimes are you just going to be a number you know are people going to yeah. listen to your voice and your mm-hmm. your opinions but by the sounds of it very early on you've you've had that experience that people do listen and you know it almost feels like a a friendly environment yeah, definitely. So Lydia, tell us a bit more then about your current role. So um, like I say, a lot of uh, responsibility. Um, what's your kind of day-to-day like and what's the team like that you work with? Um, so my team's quite big, actually. Um, yeah. Mainly Nottingham folk are like sort of based, mm-hmm. um, which is quite nice because we get together every three weeks and do a sprint demo because we're like an agile working team so sort of my day-to-day will be like um meeting in the morning which will be a stand-up to kind of uh sort of like a check-in on your progress you know what were you doing yesterday what you're going to get on with today do you need any help do you need any support like that kind of thing so you just you never sort of completely left on your own you know there's always going to be someone there to like check in make sure you're okay you know what you're doing like that sort of thing which is really nice and really reassuring especially um sort of in my role because I work with a lot of different uh products and services all the time and like literally every time I pick up um a project it will be using something new and different so yeah having that like support network from the team's really good that's really, really good. And Lydia, in terms of um, kind of the experience that you've gained now, and again, kind of going back to the idea of um, experience being able to help you and upskill yourself, if there were any students listening, um, you know, is there a particular coding language or a particular skill that maybe students could start to kind of focus on in their own time when they're thinking about applying to experience to kind of help them, you know, become more confident when when putting an application in? Yeah, definitely. So um, either sort of C Sharp or Java, like those kind of languages are like a really good place to start and you can easily um, like work your way up to more complex things. And also as well, like if you're not super confident right now in like software skills, but you do want to like apply for this role, I would definitely recommend just kind of going for it if it's what you're interested in because um like the support that Experian have and it's not just like you're given these set training things which you are which will help you in your role you can be like oh I'm actually interested in doing a bit of front end and you can just go and use like um any like sort of downtime you have to kind of work on any skills that you want to like get better at or improve in and that like will reflect in your work as well and like your personal development which is really good yeah that's that's really really good and again a really really good point so thank you so much for that Lydia so Senem coming back to you and if that's okay if you could tell the audience a bit more about your current role please 
So my role currently is an iOS developer, iOS developer in the mobile team. Okay. Um, so basically I deal with kind of all the front end uh, stuff related to our credit score system. So for example, when you see your credit score, you've probably seen something that I've worked on, anything to do with oh, really? your report or like um, contacting uh, the, the outside outsourcing teams. That's something that I've been working on over the past two years on Scratchy. Wow. Again, a lot of responsibility being expected to kind of come up with these ideas and, um, you know, press the live button. So, so again, your audience can be seeing that and using that. Is this always an area that you had an interest in then, you know, from from university or again, has your kind of graduate development program kind of taken you in a bit of a different direction? So initially, I'll be honest with you, I was a front end web developer. Um, that's okay. kind of where I kind of upskilled during university so I made a lot of websites and stuff and during okay. my interview process they offered me a role in the mobile team um, right. nothing something I'd never ever done before never even thought about looking at apps um, but yeah it's something I was obviously interested in and over the past two years I've been able to gain experience and you know now I love it um, yeah. it's been a really cool space to work within. Fab. So go on then. Tell us a bit about your day to day. What's the team like that you're working with? Um, did you, um, so what university did you go to again? I was University of Birmingham. For my Birmingham. Master. So you moved as well um, to London, I guess, did you? Yes, yes. I mean, so, yeah, what, what's kind of life been like for you since you've been on the graduate programme? Yeah, it's been really good, you know. So my day-to-day -day is kind of like just maintaining the code base, making sure that obviously our tests work, everything kind of looks right, looking for bugs, um, yeah. and then obviously speaking to other stakeholders and teams like analytics or product, just to make sure everything's ticking along and moving because um, we work agile. Um, so yeah, apart from that, I don't really have the same kind of client facing roles, but I am quite close to consumers. So obviously we take in people's reviews and comments and we try yeah. and improve the app using those, um, those comments and feedback from people. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very wide ranging. And then my team is quite small or it was quite small when I initially joined, but over the past few years, we kind of expanded. So it's tripled in size. Oh, I was wow, part of an yeah. iOS team that was about four people. And now I think we're about. 14 of us um, oh, okay. it's all over the world so you know it's great to work with a wide range of people from all over the world as well fantastic and then in terms of um so you're saying about the the ios team is doubled which is is brilliant is the chance then for you to potentially move with your role or would you see yourself kind of staying in london now so it's basic my my role is actually based in nottingham but i live in london um, oh, so I I'm, I'm right. pretty remote so I get that kind of flexibility in a sense I go in about once a quarter ah, um, so I always get the train up but if I did want to um, yeah there's a, my you know I spoke to my manager last week and there's a full list of places that you can work abroad with experience obviously oh, really? um, yeah that'll be really interesting I don't know if you're talking about team or or country I don't know <laughs> well yeah any really um, yeah. well I, I guess to be fair because during my rotations I um I have worked with an Android team, the iOS team. I've also done some test and some design. Oh, you, so okay. I've really been able to get a breadth of the kind of mobile space and what it kind of takes to be a mobile dev in a sense. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, responsibility, we've talked about that a lot. And book, worst case scenario, how quick can you get it turned around and get something live? And that is kind of your sole responsibility now so we our release cadence is actually every two weeks which is a lot slower than webs so if we find a bug oh, okay. in our code 
um, are kind of turnaround is a lot slower because of the kind of Apple review process and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so we can get hot fixes out, um, but essentially yeah. it might be sitting for a couple of days um, within our code base. But we do try to change, try and fix stuff as quickly as possible if we do see them. Um, yeah, that's good. I feel like our code is pretty good, so it rarely happens. Yeah, <laughs> of course. No, but <laughs> Amy, just to come to you quickly, just because we touched upon, um, I apologise, everyone, if my internet's a bit rubbish today by the way it, it feels as though this my window is going to come through because at the window so I do apologize if that is affecting my internet today but Amy I'm going to come to you about um relocation um if um obviously we've mentioned the two locations Nottingham and London in once a student has started with you and if they did have an interest to work in one of your kind of international offices how could they go about that um and is that something that's a kind of support that you'd offer yeah, for sure. What we generally say is that you'd need to complete your graduate programme, sort of okay. where you are, so whether that's Nottingham or, or London, unless um, it there are, there are sometimes sort of movements between the two offices, mm-hmm. um, depending on circumstances. But generally, you'd complete your graduate programme where you started it. Yeah. But then after you've completed those first two years, like I said, it's a permanent contract, but we'd support you to sort of step up to the next level of role or explore a potentially different area that it is that you're looking to go into and that could be anywhere really um so after you've done that training for the first two years it's kind of like the world is your oyster um it really is where you want to take your skills really perfect and that's kind of takes me perfectly on to my next question talking about rotations and projects and kind of the experience that you've had so far so Lee I'm going to come to you on that one and if you could tell the audience like I say a bit more about the rotations and projects that you've been involved in the graduate program yeah of course um for the technical consultant role there isn't any rotations uh, for me but I think that might be changing for the next intake oh okay Uh, that's something completely new to me as well yeah (laughs) um but with um, sort of a technical consultant, we will work with a whole range of clients that ranges from charities to tech companies to maybe even a political party. Um, we provide a lot of data cleansers, which is helping our data, our clients manage their data, uh, making sure it's up to date, up to regulation, meeting GDPRs. Uh, we do a lot of breach cleansers to make mm-hmm. sure they are within the guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Um, and these data cleanses do provide a lot of benefit. For example, with charities, they know uh, we are able to return, we are able to enrich the data to give these charities more insight into their donors or their clients. Um, stuff such as like update of address, so they know not to contact them if they have moved or to a new address, or if they have passed away, um, they can try and avoid those contacts to not uh, gen- cause more grief with their uh, yeah Um, besides that uh, once you get more experience you are more comfortable with Aperture the product then you're able to maybe take on more bigger larger scale projects Um, so recently I've been taking on sort of these larger Aperture projects where you're able to build these automated solutions workflows Um, so for example if a client has a data, a file each month, they need that to be processed. We can create these workflows that transform the data, generate some value, and then return mm-hmm. those. Um, and these could be a long project where you build an MVP and over time, the client might change what the requirements are. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, you just take on um, feedback, come up with new strategies and new steps to try and meet the client's needs, basically. Yeah, definitely. Lee, if you don't mind me asking then, so for the audience that are listening now, you know, everything you've just said then, um, is there anything that they can do? A bit like the question I asked Lydia, you know, any coding languages, anything that they could be practicing now? Um, so when they are putting their application in, they could be a bit more confident. No, absolutely. Um, I think two, three main things I think that I found really helpful is getting creative with the solution. Um, there is no one correct way. So problem solving, um, sometimes you just have to go as far as you can and it might not be the correct solution, but at least you've tried and yeah. it could be useful in a different circumstances, yeah. uh, different um, client cases. Um, next one would be definitely communications. Um, you are on a lot of calls with clients, with other teams. So it's good to be able to have sort of different faces dealing with different people and also time management or planning. Um, so once you get more experience, you're able to take on more projects. Um, they don't often overlap, but they can stagger depending yeah. on wait times and stuff. So it's really helpful to be able to plan and communicate with those clients and next set expectations and stuff, stuff like that. Perfect. That's like, you know, <laughs> did you have that answer prepared before? <laughs> that was the perfect answer. And again, really good, three good skills to have, isn't it? And if you can start practicing those now as a student, again, when you're getting into the situations that you're getting in, you're going to be more confident. But also like Amy and Lydia have said, you've also got that support if you do need to practice those skills and obviously experience are going to put you in that situation. But yeah, really, really good um, bit of advice there. So, um, Lee, in terms of kind of future um, kind of projects and things like that and where you can see your career going with uh, experience, what, what is the plan for you? Um, I think the next step would be definitely taking on larger aperture projects. At the moment, yeah. um, my projects, they are still smaller in scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully with more experience, I'm able to take on larger ones and possibly complete them by myself. Yeah. Um, besides that, I think... Uh, there's a lot of sort of opportunities for you to explore even within just my technical consultant role. Um, You're able to build up some technical experience in terms of coding uh, related to Aperture, of course. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot of opportunities in and around technical consultants. You're not limited to this data management product. Yeah, there's there's, there's room to grow and room to almost have separate careers within Experian by the sounds of it. Yeah. which sounds amazing brilliant so thank you lee for that uh, lydia i'm going to come to you next so again similar kind of questions projects or uh, rotations if you've had any um and what have you been involved in so far sure so um when i actually started the grad scheme i started in the decisioning team so that was sort of working on a proof of concept for migrating one of the um, on-premise services that we have to a cloud platform which you know cloud is such like a buzzword at the moment you know everyone's using it um so like and with being a technology company we want to be like using like the latest um stuff and like offering our clients the best thing possible so i was working on proof of concept for that and then um sort of as i was working on that i was aware of like the identity and fraud role so I was like um went on a sort of a little development um like exchange with them okay um for a bit 
um, just to like learn a bit more about that, see if it's something I wanted to, you know, explore and go into. So I did end up um, sort of changing roles through that because um, like, as I say, you can just like find out what you want to do, but you don't, you won't know what you want to do unless you're like exposed to different stuff and like you're kind of open and like flexible about what you do want to do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So whilst I've been working in, identity and fraud um as I said before I'm doing like the uh, backing services for that so creating maintaining those and um that sort of there are slight um opportunities to rotate within identity and fraud at the moment but it's sort of it's not necessarily like planned it's more where you feel like you want to develop where you want to look more into um like finding out more about sort of different roles that people do and stuff this might be a silly question but how do you find those projects you know how do you find those teams you know or do you have to just kind of ring people up and say so what are you guys up to today and can I get involved yeah um yeah I think it can actually be quite daunting Mm. like um sort of saying like oh no this is actually like what I want to do I want to learn more about this um but it's actually not as scary as it sounds because like at the end of the day it's a development program so it's it's about you developing as a person and like you know developing different technical skills and going into what you're interested in so I think like as long as you are like passionate about that then it's it's not going to be like as difficult to like talk to different people and stuff and um I found that everyone I have spoke to even just if it's like a message through team someone you know I don't even know that everyone is like really willing to you know help you and talk to you about what what they do so you can get like a a sort of better understanding of what like roles there are out there in experience and for you, Lydia, where do you see you going after the, the the role that you're in now? So I'm actually quite happy um, being a developer at the moment in identity and fraud. Um, so I've been there about six months now. Yeah. So I'd like to sort of gain a bit more experience um, working in that department and um, hopefully end up becoming a lead developer um as well so I can actually help the new um people that come through and like act as that kind of um subject matter expert on the different services that we have and help them with that yeah perfect and Amy just a question if so say for example a bit like Lydia now she's in this role loving it doesn't necessarily want to move just yet can you stay in that role for as long as you want or are you kind of expected to move around with you being a graduate? Yeah, I think it's sort of case by case, really. Is, so, is it like it's a rotation? We would obviously encourage people to carry out all their different rotations because you sometimes you don't really know what, mm, unless you yeah. have experienced it. Unless you do it, yeah. Um, but no, if it's sort of somebody's happy in their role, postgraduate programme, there's no pressure um, to progress as such and if somebody is sort of really happy where they are and sometimes it's about getting a breadth of experience as well rather than just progressing so no it's very much case by case and what the individual 
wants and needs really perfect that's absolutely brilliant it really just sounds though you know you can have your own unique career then experience it's really up to you you know what you want to kind of expose yourself to and really what you want to get involved in which is amazing and then see now i'm going to come to you and last but absolutely not least so yeah rotation projects what else have you been involved in um so yeah again i've been involved with the android team the testing team the ios team and the design team as well, which has been really cool. Um, obviously, just maintaining the code base and just trying to learn the language throughout yep. the time there. They're all six months rotations because you get two years. So it's more just kind of uh, learning kind of the intricacies of each coding language and each code base. And then yep. obviously it really helps that you can apply that knowledge to the other parts of the other projects that you do as well. Um, because obviously languages are kind of transferable if you know the core concepts. Yeah. Uh, and what languages are you working on predominantly? So I work in Swift, and then when I was in the Android team, I worked in Kotlin. Okay. And did you know those languages beforehand, or have you learned those whilst I experienced? I've learned them whilst I was experienced. Yeah. Have you? No, no idea what they were um, before I joined, to be honest. <laughs> I've done a little bit of Java, which Kotlin is based off. Um, yeah. But apart, from, but apart from that, yeah, um, Swift was definitely a new language for me. Um, and, yeah, it's been really good to learn, to be fair. It's a good language. Yeah, definitely. So again, the students are listening today, you know, again, it could be that they could um, do a bit of work on Swift and it could potentially help them um, in the long run, which is is good. Have I disappeared? No, yeah, no, you did for a sec there. Yeah, um, yeah no, yeah. definitely. I'd, I'd advise people to, oh. <laughs> to kind of just have a look at what kind of projects they want to build. And then from there, they can kind of learn the languages that they want Um because it's obviously I feel like if you try and learn a language first without having projects in mind, you're probably going to struggle. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah. obviously there, again, there's certain intricacies from each language, but most core concepts are transferable. So if you learn one, you probably will be able to learn another coding language, which definitely does help. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. And the future then, what's the future looking like for you in terms of, can you see yourself working in this team for the foreseeable or what's the, the future plans? Yeah, no, currently um, I love working in mobile, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I couldn't see myself having to learn another language as of yet. So I think I just want to stay here for a couple of years and try yeah. and go senior. And then I guess from there, the sky's the limit, you know? Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely love it. And also you mentioned earlier about your role being kind of hybrid in the sense that you, you're in the office, but predominantly then you are working remotely. Um, so Amy, sorry, just to come back to you on that one as well. Is that something that's um, quite common throughout experience? You know, if students have an interest of, again, working remotely, working hybrid, is there any kind of recommendations? What would you kind of encourage from your graduates? Yeah, so all of our roles are hybrid. So spend a portion of time in the office, a portion of time at home. Um, what we would say, obviously, Sen, I'm sort of a bit further into his journey. Yeah. We at the beginning, um, we might sort of stipulate you need to be in the office two or three days a week or something like that, dependent on the team. Because I think just at the very beginning, when you're first learning, it's so much easier to learn sat next yeah. to somebody. You've got people yeah. on hand around you. Yeah. But often we find once people are more comfortable with their role, they know what they're doing, they may, might drop down sort of a few days less a week and then it can be sort of moulded a little bit more. Um, yeah. But yeah, all roles are hybrid. We just say at the beginning, grads tend to come in sort of quite a bit more. 
Yeah, I think that's it's really good advice. I think that's a really good yeah. point. It is, especially at this kind of early stage of your career, you know, the saying is, you know, be like a sponge, soak everything up and you know, get as much exposure as you can. So yeah, really, really good point. So next I want to talk, and we've spoke a lot already about it, but training and development. And it sounds as well, you've all had so much support so far on your uh, development programs, but I just want to see if there's a particular kind of training or development you've had that maybe, you know, was was really, really best beneficial for you in your role so far. So, Lee, I'm going to come back to you on that one. And uh, if you could talk to us a bit more about that. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I mean, besides earlier career training, which is a lot of soft skills uh, management in the actual role itself, being a technical consultant, we are using Aperture a lot. Um and that's not something they expect you to know before joining at all, yeah. completely. Um, so they've been really helpful. They guide you through it. Um, you're mm-hmm. able to do a lot of shadowing to see how other consultants will complete the project and just walk you through it step by step. Um, one thing that I've found is really useful is just immersing yourself with the product itself, um, just getting to know every corners of it. Um, there's a lot of data challenges that we have on our community page um, and I think once you go through those challenges it really sort of sets you up to think outside of the box be more creative um, coming up with other solutions and that really helps perfect really really good answer there and then in terms of um kind of personal support as well Lee is there a kind of a buddy scheme or anything experience you kind of have a, a mentor or anything yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when I joined, uh, my role was still quite, it was quite new back then, but I okay. had a lot of support from other consultants. Um, yeah. So I could literally just grab and ask any one of them, really. Yeah. Um, but since I've joined, we have another sort of consultant joined on and I've sort of become sort of a partner buddy for them. Um, oh, so yeah, so there's definitely a lot more support. Oh, that's really yeah, good. Again, it sounds as though, you know, even from when you sat, there might not have been that official uh, thing in place then, but everyone wants to help. I get the impression yeah. that, you know, just yeah. ask and, you know, they're the, the willing to help you. And I'm, I'm guessing you had that experience and you felt that. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, Lydia, I'm going to come to you as well. So, yeah, training and development. You've mentioned a lot already about the training and development you've had from experience, but is there a particular training or experience that you've had that you want to talk about? Um. So... I guess just kind of like using my downtime and stuff to, you know, work on like new languages or something that I want to learn and then maybe like use that to apply in my job. For example, like machine learning, um, a lot of the kind of um, a lot of our services are now compatible with that. So like just like doing a course on machine learning and then getting involved with that, um, is like quite a good way to use some of your like training and stuff um but also in terms of like uh, mentoring that kind of thing um when you first join you usually get a buddy um and those are like the kind of people that you can ask like the mundane questions too like oh how do I print this or like where's where's the printer where's the canteen that kind of thing you know how to book holiday you know all those questions that you need to know but you know no one really goes through and like tells you exactly Mm -hmm. how to do it and that kind of thing so yeah it's good to have people like that like your buddy to that you can ask those questions to and then you sort of get and when you're a bit more comfortable and you can like get a mentor I have 
two mentors actually um yeah um and they're people that I've just found that do a completely different job role to me I'm like oh interested in what you do and then they can also just help you with you know your development your goals or like if you genuinely just want a chat with Mm. them about like what it is they do and that kind of thing like even if that's not where you want to be it's good to know like what other people do in the business and like that kind of thing as well yeah definitely and then so how did you find that particular person again is it something that you did you put yourself out there and and asked or was it part of a, an actual scheme that you signed up to um so there's like loads of different networking events and um, this was like a summer barbecue that we had and there was just people that I'd not seen there before I just ended up same with them on the table and you know you just you just get chatting to different people and I mentioned about not having a mentor and then them saying well I actually wanted to you know I've done my training I could be a mentor if you want oh, it it's just brilliant. It's yeah. like that that kind of thing so yeah. um yeah you just you can meet new people really easily and uh, like I said before everyone's like so willing to help or even if they didn't want to mentor they'd be like oh I know so and so that um yeah. you know yes. wants wants a mentee or whatever so yeah it's just like talking to different people and like you get you definitely get those opportunities to do that as well especially through early careers yeah yeah God's scheme again and a good testimonial almost to experience as well in terms of the yeah. staff yeah Support, but using individual Lydia putting yourself out there and asking which is is really really good I think again for the audience listening that's something you want to you want to be you know ask you know fact go and find the answer you know try and get involved because that's going to help you to network and create those relationships so perfect answer so thank you so much Lydia for that and then send I'm going to come to you again in terms of yeah um trend development again it sounds as though you've had a lot and you know have lots of support but any particular experience that you've had that you want to talk about yeah so to be fair I think there's one that stands out to me apart from all the kind of um training that we get within our team so there's a lot of resources to buy books and courses and stuff like that but the one course that kind of stands out to me is an early careers course where they allowed they did we did basically a kind of like a personality test okay Uh, we did a personality test and um, it kind of mapped us into four colours. So there was red, blue, green, red, yellow. blue, red, blue, green, and yellow. yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red, blue, green, yellow. sorry. Um, and to be fair, it mapped me to a T. It really mapped me. Um, it knew exactly, just from filling in yeah. that questionnaire, it knew exactly what I was like. And from that, it also recommended me things that I could work on to succeed in my professional life. Um, and I took a lot of those forward and yeah, it, just, it shocked me. It shocked me how well and how useful the commentary from that was. So I don't, don't know if we've lost us. How, how do you use that, Sinem, um, the personality test? Do you use that to um, speak to individuals of your team in a different way? Do they buddy you differently? So yeah, definitely. Uh, number one, it influenced my communication style because yeah. I was a green and a yellow, somebody who's quite like bubbly, like I'm very, very friendly, but sometimes you need to understand that some people just don't have the same personality type and yeah. might be, seem cold, but they are really friendly. So obviously yeah. there's communicating with that type. And then there's also, for example, I'm somebody that just loves to rush into work, um, just yeah. get it done. But sometimes you need to take the time to kind of evolve into it and see it grow yeah. um, rather than rushing into it. So it's definitely helped me to think about and think more about my ways of working and how I can improve that. 
yeah. Um, yeah. So it gives you a perfect balance of the team as well, doesn't it? And suddenly everybody's different personalities. Um, what we're going to do now is, Jess, I'm going to take over because I'm worried about your instep, my love. So we're just yes. going to finish off um, talking about what you get up to outside the day job. So Lee, we're going to come back to you. So what other things do you get up to um, aside from the nine to five? Um, so there's always a lot of happening experience yeah. um, outside of work. There's a lot of social events. Um, so in London offices, there is a lot of sort of experience, uh, experience resource groups that you can join, um, connect to. Uh, a lot of social events uh, like cinema nights sometimes too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Besides those, there's also a lot of volunteering opportunities in experience um, itself. Also, they also promote a lot that's around London too. Thanks. Uh, Lydia, on to you, what other things do you get up to? Um, so, yeah, uh, loads of socials. There's, like, um, different charity fundraising. Um, there's, like, Macmillan Coffee Mornings. You can just, you know, whilst you're in the office, you can just pop and buy a little cupcake whilst you work away and you've, like, you know, contributed towards that charity. So that's always nice. Um, and then there's, like, employee resource groups as well. So um they're like the disability and neurodiversity group there's like black experience there's like loads of other different groups that you know you can find like community and people similar to you in the business and like just you know it just kind of shows how um good like the diversity equity and inclusion is experience as well yeah um and if there's um a resource group that it doesn't exist then you can just create your own or like create your own club we have yoga club board game club you know so even if it doesn't exist you you can make it happen so yeah and there'll always be something for you to join and like fit in with yeah it's all about networking isn't it and really growing yeah. those experiences so um, is there anything else that you get up to that you'd like to share with us in the audience yeah, definitely. Um, we go to a lot of conferences. So, for example, a couple of months ago, I went to uh, uh, DroidCon in London. Um, we have ski days. There's a football team. Um, so, and also there's volunteering. So, I've I've we've done charity walks. So, for example, I trekked the Three Peaks. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, tough challenge doing that. Um, so we did that. I've done. I've driven food around London with members of my team, and then also we go to RSPCA quite a lot. So there's quite a lot of things to do. Very, very varied, as it seems. Yeah. <laughs> Everything from walking to RSPC here. Who could ask for anything more? Thanks very much, Shannon. And what we're going to do now, Amy, is loop back to you um, and just talk about the whole application process, if you don't mind. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the webinar, the opportunities are currently <clears> live on your hub on Gradcracker. So we've got three graduate opportunities and your degree apprenticeship. Um, so what we want students to do, obviously, is go to the Experian Hub on Gradcracker, thoroughly research, watch the videos, there's lots and lots of really good content on there um, for you to be able to do your research. Read the job description like Amy said at the beginning of the webinar, read it really carefully. And then Amy, when a student clicks and apply, what are the next stages? Yeah, so the first stage is a CV application. Um, I guess our top tip around that stage is really taking time to tailor the CV to yeah. the role and to Experian. Um, that just really helps make you stand out and it demonstrates the drive you've got for the, ro um, for the role. Yeah. Um, so that's the first stage. Um, if successful at that stage, you go through to some online tests 
So we do a general ability test, which includes a numerical reasoning type element. And then we also do a situational judgment test. So where you're given a hypothetical scenario and sort of asked to rank the answers on how you would respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, after that stage, if you're successful, then you go through to a one-way recorded video interview. So that's four questions which ask you about sort of your motivations, your skills, knowledge and experiences that you can apply to the role. Mm-hmm. Um, our tip around that really is maybe do a bit of practice um, mm-hmm. beforehand, have a go at doing sort of a video interview because it is a one-way recorded video video interview. You've not got anybody responding to you. It's yeah. the first time it can feel a little bit strange. So just do a bit of practice. Um, that's our top tip around that. And then if successful after that stage, it's a virtual assessment center. Mm -hmm. Um, So that takes place on Microsoft Teams. You would do a group exercise. You get to network with current graduates and then you'll have a one-to-one interview as well. Um, Top tip around that stage really is obviously do your research beforehand. That sort of goes for each stage of the application really. Mm -hmm. But also try to let your personality shine through. We know assessment centres can be really daunting, but we do really try and put people at ease. We just want to learn as much about you as possible. Um, So do try and let your personality shine through. Um, That can really help as well. Perfect. And what um, timescales will we be working towards? So when a student does apply, when will they, when could they find out if they're successful? Yeah, it's generally around 12 weeks, the whole process. So from application through those stages of um, testing and video interview through to assessment centre. So we work to around a 12, a 12 week mark um, and then we'd let you know um, the outcome. If you're successful, you'd be joining us in a Ju- the July if it's a replacement in September for a graduate role or a degree apprenticeship. Um, we do a lot of activities um, in between that offer stage before the start date. So I think Lydia referenced it. We do a summer barbecue where the new the new joiners um, come meet all the other grads. Um, we have events in both Nottingham and London office. So it's all about meeting your team, meeting each other. And then on your first day, you've already got that support network. You know where you're going. You know who you're going to be working with. Um, so, yeah, we do a lot of activities like that from the offer point through to the start date. Yeah, perfect. And thinking about the students, if they want to apply to more than one opportunity, is that possible or should they just focus on the on the one role? So you can apply for more than one role. Um, if you're progressed for both, then we would ask you to select a preference at that stage. Um, but yeah, you can apply for more than one. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Amy. So let's now um, go and favourite brands of the webinar, talk about the um, top facts and also your favourite memories. So Lee, I'm going to come to you first and tell me your top facts about Experian. Um, so I recently found out that a lot of retail stores or shops like coffee shops like Starbucks, they use Experian's mosaic data, which is collected from the census data to help power the, their decisions in how many coffee shops your town should have. Mm-hmm. Again, it shows the diversity of experience and what the different data, yeah. um, you know, does for, for the audience. Um, Lydia, what's your top fact? Um, so um, when Cola, Coca-Cola um, released their Share a Coke campaign um, where you could pop down to your local shop and um, find your name on a Coke bottle, um, they used Experian data to find out um, like what was the most popular name in that area. Mm-hmm. So you could most probably find your name if you have a popular name um yeah 
Lydia is saying most, prob- most probably now because I could never find my name. It made me really sad. Um, yeah. thanks, <laughs> thanks, Lydia. Then I'm top facts. Uh, so my top fact is that during COVID, the government actually relied on Experian for data around vulnerable people. So were then they were then able to, you know, target those vulnerable people and allocate resources towards them to have, make sure they got it through the uh, pandemic. Yeah, wow. Thanks, yeah. Sanam. And now favourite memory. Um, so cast your minds back and Lee, what is your favourite memory so far about working with Experian? Yes, so... With early career training, we have these away days at Home Pier Point. Um, it's a training day where you get to meet a lot of other grads from other offices, Nottingham, London, uh, some in Glasgow as well, where you get to share experiences and share what it's like working in different business units and get their perspective on experience. So those are really sort of valuable days away. Yeah. And how many of those do you have then? Is it, is it, is it one or one a year or one every so often? I think we get them every three months. Oh, okay, so quite three often. Months. I could be wrong. I'm looking at Amy. Amy, do you know? No, I think they're every six months, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, they happen a few times throughout the graduate programme. Perfect, thank you. And Lydia, what's your favourite memory? Um, so my favourite memory is actually um, receiving a recognition award for um, making a good impression in front of um, some key stakeholders in um, like a demo of um, work that I had delivered during a sprint and that was very nice because it also comes with a little cash prize as a bonus. Oh that's it. So, yes yeah, tell me a little bit yeah. more about this then so how, how did this come about what did you have to present and how did you um, put in that situation? Yeah so it was just you know every three weeks um, our team will uh, meet for a like sprint demo where we go through all the work we've um, done and we sort of just like play it back to the product director who's the person who's asked us to do this work and that kind of thing and um, I think because I'd just joined the team as well they'd not seen me before so I was like um, so I think they were quite impressed like me coming in and saying that I'd like done all this work when I'd just joined the team and stuff so yeah, I got a little um, recognition award there, so I was quite proud of myself for that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well done, you. And then, Anne, what's your favourite memory? My favourite memory is probably doing the Three Peaks Challenge. So I think yeah. it was 24 miles in around 10 hours. Um, and, like, the elevation, I think, was... I, I can't even remember what it was, but it was painful. Yeah. It was very <laughs> but, um, we raised around three £3,000 for charity Wow. Uh, doing that. So, yeah, it was very fulfilling. Are you going to do it again anytime soon? No. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. No, no. thank you. No. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us today on this webinar with Experience. And um, don't forget, go to the hub um, after this webinar and get your applications in. The software developer closes on tu- on Wednesday, the 24th. Mm. So make sure you get your applications in sooner rather than later. And um, me and Jess will be joined next Thursday at 2 o'clock by Atkins. So join us then. But for now, goodbye and thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.